Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pickle Park, a new beginning, let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holla Padre gang. Yeah, that's the- Good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 204 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden, coming to you live on YouTube here after the San Diego Padres just lost a series to the Detroit Tigers, the 40-win Detroit Tigers. I mean, this is not a series that they should have lost. The team did not play great. Um, Mackenzie Gore got hurt. We have a closer problem. Oh, and the trade deadline's about a week away, less than a week away. And then the Padres need some help offensively as well. There's, It feels like there's more holes to fill after this series. Maybe I already knew that there were going to be more holes, but after this series, it definitely feels like there's more holes to fill on this Padres team right now before the deadline hits than there were heading into the All-Star break. You know, because heading into the All-Star break, I was pretty... Confident still in Taylor Rogers. Like, yeah, he had that bad stretch in July to start the month, right? I know we're still in July, but to start the month, he had like five straight appearances or something with allowing runs. And that's obviously not good when you're the closer. Um, so there was that. And then, but then he had like two appearances where he pitched pretty well. Uh, the slider was back, he was attacking with the fastball. Uh, I was more confident in him. And then this series comes, and he blows not one, but two saves back-to-back days. Uh, And then the other options, and we'll get into that, the other options in the bullpen, they're not amazing either. And so it just feels like it's another hole that AJ's going to have to go address because I can't rely on Drew Pomerantz whenever he comes back. He just doesn't stay healthy. Pierce Johnson's not a closer, right? Um, Who else? Jose Castillo. I mean, they're, they're they're not even calling him up. They'd rather go with the Nelson Lameto or Jose Castillo. Michelle Baez, he doesn't feel like a closer to me. Like the reinforcements that they're getting back aren't closers. Taylor Rogers, I just can't trust him. He's not a lockdown closer anymore. That's just the way it is. And then the other options, you know, Chris Matt's another option. And we'll get into more options uh, a little bit later after we go over the games. But, uh, you know, Chris Matt, he's not a fireball pitcher if that makes sense like he doesn't blow guys away with velocity so they got a closer problem they need to go address the offense 
I was glad that Eric Hosmer wasn't playing today. I was on a flight from Minnesota back here to San Diego, so I missed a lot of the game, and I missed the Padres choking it there and Taylor Rogers blowing it. Uh, but I, I did see, I watched it back, um, so I'm not going in here just talking about stuff I didn't see. Uh, but like Eric Cosmer, he's just a liability on defense now. Uh, I mean, he always has been pretty much with the Padres, but it's just terrible now. Uh, and he should not be playing first base for this team anymore, I think. Uh, and so we got a lot to discuss. We got the Minnesota Twins coming in on Friday. I was just there in Minnesota, and so a lot of my relatives are giving me crap on that. Uh, and so hopefully the Padres will win or else I'll be hearing a lot from my relatives that some that don't watch the Twins, but they know the Padres are playing the Twins, so they're just going to look at the score and they're going to be like, oh, how about them Twins tonight, huh? Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about, uh, especially the closer situation. There's not a whole lot of updates about uh, Juan Soto and the trades and stuff like that. Dennis Lynn did uh, predict today in the, in the Athletic that the Padres would go acquire Wilson Contreras and just miss out on Juan Soto. Whatever it is, I mean, they need upgrades. Whatever they get, it needs to be a significant upgrade in this offense. And then I, I think... They probably need to go get some relief help as well. Um, before we get started here, though, talking about the Tiger series, uh, this episode 204 is brought to you by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. You can visit gaglionebros.com to view their entire menu, the phone numbers, the addresses, all that stuff. Uh, they have locations in Mission Gorge, Point Loma, and inside Petco Park. So if you're going to Friday's game or any of the games in this what, like an eight-game homestand in seven days? If you go into any of the games, you can hit up the Gaglion Bros uh, booths, uh, the concession stands, and get yourself a cheesesteak or some garlic fries. So they're a great sponsor, great supporter of this show, and so I encourage you to check them out. Uh, before we get into the game here, just trying to say hello to people that are coming in here in the chat. Uh, Turbo, Michael, John, Jeremiah, Jeremiah asked, did you hear Taylor Rogers' interview after the game? Voight had two amazing plays at first. Yes, he did. I did see those because that I was sitting in the airport earlier in the game clipping highlights. Uh, but then the flight took off, so I did not see the end. Um, yeah, I did see the Voight two plays. I was reading Kevin Acey's article, Jeremiah, today and that he put out after the game, and Rogers was just kind of flustered it seemed like according to AC and like he had to take a little bit of time uh to answer some of the questions and he was was he tearing up or something I thought I saw something about that if I'm wrong I don't want to say he definitely was but I, I feel like that's what I I think I saw that but yeah feels like he doesn't have a ton of confidence and I don't blame him right now it's hard to have confidence when you blow two straight games to the Detroit freaking Tigers you know it's a hard situation uh, Turbo, I appreciate your super chat. Uh, if you want to contribute, support the channel, the super chat function is available now because I'm at over a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So if you're a podcast listener, you can head over to the YouTube uh, and there's the super thanks button on videos and then the super chat button during live streams and Turbo donate some money here. I appreciate you. 13 left on base today. Hitters three through seven went one for 17. Holy cow, I did not notice that. Uh, two more hits may matter. Probably never would have seen Rodgers today. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from there. I mean, 13 left on base, That yeah, you want that to be lower, obviously. Uh, early in the game, the, the part that I was watching, like, it was Prof Profar got a hit. Crony got a hit, I think, in his second at-bat. But that was pretty much the offense through, like, the first, like, four or five innings, I think. Excuse me, first four or five innings, I think. So, yeah, that that's the off. Look, we said it for weeks, probably said it for months. The lineup needs some additions, significant additions. Not Jake Marisnik, like Wilson Contreras or Juan Soto, someone like that. You know, that's what they need. Ian Happ, significant additions because Estieri, I mean, did you see the five through nine batters in this lineup today? I mean, it was embarrassing looking at that. Austin Nola, he's known for contact, and he's your five hitter. And then, what was it? Kim, Grisham, Ruiz, or no, not Ruiz. Uh, Kim was after that. And I know Matthew Batten was hitting ninth. I, I know Manny had the DH day, but after that, you just don't have depth right now. Uh, and even the starters, like, they just need to play better, you know? Um, Trying to look at the oh, this is Monday's game. Let's start. Let's start with Monday's game, and then we'll go to Tuesday. We'll go to Wednesday. Kind of work our way through. And again, thank you for the super chat, Turbo. Uh, anyone that has comments or questions, even if you don't, even if it isn't a super chat, uh, I'll talk about it after I go through these games. We'll start with Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, because Monday's game sucked. Uh, Twelve to four. I was watching some of it. I'm glad I didn't watch the entire thing. I was playing some board games with uh, some family in Minnesota. So they kind of forced me to do that. So I'm glad I didn't have to watch the entire game. But Monday, yeah, Jeremiah, do we need to talk about Monday? I mean, yeah, it's a serious reaction episode. I, I, sorry. Mackenzie Gore gets hurt, obviously. That's the big thing. Yeah, the team sucked on Monday. Giving up 12 runs to the Tigers. Uh allowing four home runs to the Tigers, a team that doesn't hit home runs. They're ranked last in home runs in Major League Baseball by like 20 home runs. It's absurd how bad they are offensively in terms of power. And the Padres aren't that far off in terms of home runs. They're like sixth best in the league. Not great for a team that's trying to contend for a World Series, right? But you allow four home runs to the Tigers. You have Gore bouncing balls and just not hitting his spots. And then he exits with the shoulder inflammation, or the, what was it, elbow inflammation, I think. Uh, so it's definitely an elbow issue. I posted the clips on social media, at Talking Friars on Twitter. And you could tell, like, he had so many misses, just missing his spots and all that. And then he was flexing his hand repeatedly. I just don't know, did the Padres not notice that? Like, Gore said post-game that he was feeling the pain uh, in his elbow, like he was feeling it in that fifth inning. He pitched the fourth inning, didn't feel it. But when he came back out for the fifth, he did feel it. And he was feeling it throughout the fifth inning. So there's two questions there. Why didn't the Padres notice him flexing his hand and take him out earlier? And why did Gore stay in and, and keep trying to pitch when he knew he was hurting? Like, I know it's not easy, right? You're trying to be competitive. And you don't want to like be viewed as weak if you walk if you signal uh, for the trainers. But like Scherzer did that earlier this year. He knows his body. He knows what he's doing, and he signaled for the trainers. And it the injury now he's back. It's not. It didn't turn out as bad as it could have if he didn't 
uh, you know, call out for the trainers as early as he did in that one start earlier this year. So I think it's both on the Padres and Gore there. Now, he, he still would have exited with an injury, and what we saw from him is really, really bad. He just didn't command. Uh, and the pitches that he did, or the outs that he got, most of them that I saw were like line drives to right field and stuff like that. I know he got a strikeout in there, but there were some balls in that at-bat that weren't very competitive. He's obviously on the 15-day IL right now, and they called up Lamette instead of Jose Castillo. I still don't understand why they do that. Uh, but no, it's it's definitely discouraging seeing Gore. I mean, it was discouraging seeing him before the All-Star break, and it's even more discouraging seeing what we saw uh, on Monday, and then he was taken out, put on the IL, because, I mean, I hate to just go directly to this question, and you know probably what it is, I hate to go directly right towards it because we are talking about a human being that has an injury. But as fans, we view these guys not just as humans. We view them as pieces of the puzzle, right? And the Juan Soto trade rumors have been flying all over the place since the All-Star game or before that, a couple days before that. And we knew that if the Padres trade for Juan Soto, Gore is probably going in that. He's definitely going in that deal, at least before Monday. And now with Gore's injury, is he going to go? Are the Nationals going to be confident? Are they going to want to bring on a guy that might have to have Tommy John? Who knows? And then you're waiting till what, 2024 to get him back healthy? Do they want to take that risk when they're trading away the best player maybe in franchise, probably in franchise history, who's in his prime? If they don't want Gore, maybe that's a positive for us because then we get to keep him. But then that definitely means that in a trade, if a trade does go down, the Padres are going to have to give up more home easily because the, the Nationals are going to want pitching back in a deal. They're going to want top prospects. They're going to want outfielders because Soto's an outfielder. They're going to want pitching. They're going to want to improve as much as they can all the way around the diamond, not just in offense or pitching. So they're going to want a controllable, young, very talented pitcher, and Adrian Morahone fits that for the Nationals, I, I would think. And Morahone's a closing candidate right now for the Padres. You don't, you just don't know if they're willing to give him up. Um, you know, be, just because of the closer situation, don't know what you're going to get. It's not guaranteed that you get a closer before the trade deadline, right? So I, I just don't know. I, I'm still confident the Padres, along with the uh, the Cardinals, them two, they probably have the strongest packages. But having Gore hurt, like, there was a reporter, I think, that was on John and Jim the other day uh, that covers the Nationals. I forget who it is. But he was saying how the Nationals, they're still going to be interested in Gore, or he doesn't know why the, the Nationals wouldn't be interested in Gore despite this injury. And I kind of agree with that because Gore's still controllable, and they're not trying to win right now. Uh, and he can, we saw when he's healthy we, and starting and pitching well, we saw what he could be. He's a rookie of the year front runner this year when he was healthy and pitching well at the beginning of the year, right? So the Nationals probably are still going to be interested in him. I just don't know if they're going to say, hey, we want Gore, but he's a question mark, so we want you to throw more hone in as well because we got the Cardinals over here who are willing to give you know, multiple pitchers. I don't know if that's true. I'm not you know, extremely knowledgeable about their farm system. But I'd assume that they are, right, that they'd be willing to give up multiple uh, pitchers. And they have a strong 
young prospect package just like the Padres do. So it's just, I think it's the question for me is, are the Padres willing to give up Morahone and Gore? Because again, I think the Nationals are going to be interested in Gore, but they're going to tell the Padres, hey, he's a major question mark now. So we want Morahone back as well. Is Preller willing to do that? Juan Soto is a historic player. Juan Soto is not going to be available for the next couple years, right? He's going to get traded if he is this year, or if the Nationals do decide to trade him, assuming that he is traded. A Juan Soto-type player probably could guarantee, unless the Angels try to move Otani or something, that type of player is not going to be available on the trade market in these next two, three years. So if you want to go get him, you've got to go get him. I just don't know how much the Potters are willing to give up for Soto, and no one does except probably the Nationals. And I guess another thing is the Padres do risk losing out on outfielders if they just want to wait out this Juan Soto stuff till whenever the Nationals decide to trade him or not to trade him. If they wait it out, maybe Ian Happ goes to another team. Maybe the Cardinals decide to get out of the Soto stuff. Maybe that plays the Padres' hand. But maybe they decide to go get Ian Happ or something. I know he's in the division, but you get my point. Go get another outfielder, and the Padres don't get Soto. The Nationals decide not to trade him, and now the Padres are stuck, probably not upgrading their offense in the outfield significantly. You know, So it's the Gore injury, I think, has definitely made it harder on the Padres to trade uh, for Soto. That's where mine, that's where, excuse me, that's where my mind went immediately from the score injury. And, and maybe that's a bad thing because it's, it's a human being we're talking about. But I'm just viewing it from a fan perspective. And so I hope that anyone that disagrees or thinks that I'm, you know, wrong to do that, I'm just viewing it from a fan perspective. You obviously want McKenzie to be healthy and everything. You didn't want the injury to happen. Uh, but let's face it, all of our minds right now are probably on Juan Soto, right? Or the trade deadline. And what additions is A.J. Preller going to make? So when an injury like this happens to someone that's would have guaranteed be involved in a trade up to that injury uh, for a Soto, um, that's where your mind goes, and it's disappointing. You know, As for the rest of this game, giving up 12 runs, you know, those four home runs. This series, they made Heimer Candelario, who was Detroit's seven-hitter on Monday made him look like Babe Ruth. I mean, he went, what, 8 for 13 this series, hit three home runs, drove in, I think, a couple more home or a couple more runs today. I mean, my goodness. Like, he was, he was, like, approaching, like, Charlie Blackman territory against the Padres in one series. That's how good he was. Uh, but, I mean, the downfall in this game obviously started with Eric Hosmer. Third inning, Harold Castro, ground ball right to Hosmer hit like 70 miles an hour. And instead of just fielding it like a normal human being, he decides to try to backhand the ball and makes an error. And so that puts a runner on first. Castro singles. Now it's first and second. Grunt, uh, Riley Green hits one off Manai's back. And so now it's bases loaded, right? Yeah, it was bases loaded. And then a sack fly by Baez scored a run. So Willie Castro, or excuse me, uh, Harold Castro, too many Castros. Harold Castro shouldn't have scored on that sack fly. If, that's a, if a regular human being is at first base 
and Hosmer fields the ball, or that human being regularly fields the ball at first, gets the out, Castro singles, even if Green still hits the ball off Manaya's back, okay, now it's first and second before the bias sack fly. So let's say the runner on first doesn't get to second, but the runner on second goes to third. So now it's first and third with one out. Grossman popped up. That's two outs. Cabrera walks. Okay, that would be bases loaded. Uh, I mean, like, or excuse me. No, if Hosmer made the play to Castro, that would have been one out. Baez's fly out, the sack fly that scored a run, that would have been the second out. And then Grossman pop up. That was the second out, actually. That would have been the third out. Shouldn't have allowed any runs, even if he allowed those two singles. Uh, so that's four runs. He gave up nine runs in total. He still gave up four earned runs, and he shouldn't be doing that. Manaya didn't, he just didn't look great. But it just, it, the Hosmer air really started it. It started just the downhill um, action of this game. I don't know, I don't know how else to say it. Like the snowball effect. There we go. The snowball effect of the Padres' downfall in this game. You know, Manaya doesn't even go four innings. Then you have to bring Gore in, and he gets hurt. So just crap after crap. And then Steven Wilson comes in. Hill, you probably didn't... I don't know why they threw Chris Matt, to be honest, in this game when it was a blowout. That's when you pitch Cronenworth in front of his family, I think. Like, just do that. It's a blowout. Why are you pitching Chris Matt, one of your best relievers, in the, what was it, the bottom of the eighth? Why are you doing that? Doesn't make sense. Uh, but this game, it sucked. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah, the Padres, they came back a little bit, right? They came back. Um, well, no, they it was the fifth, top fifth. They scored uh, three runs. But, like, that's not – giving up 12 runs. They gave up 12 runs. You can't give up 12 runs to the Tigers. Just embarrassing. I mean, what else? What else? I mean, the Gord thing, that's the main thing in this game. And then, you know, Candelario, what, he homered twice in this game? Made him look like Babe Ruth, like I mentioned. And then Hosmer, that's, I guess that's another talking point here. I mean, Eric Hosmer, like, this guy cannot, this was my post-game reaction, like, after the game Monday. Hosmer cannot be the first baseman on this team anymore. Like, it's at that point. It's probably already been at that point. Like, he is a liability defensively at first base. And you have Will Myers coming back maybe on Friday. Uh, he's been in El Paso playing a little bit of first base, couple games there. Put him at first base. Try it. If you don't, or if Abrams is still having that biceps injury, don't know if it's an injury or if they're just really scared of him getting hurt or further hurting the injury uh, before the Soto trade happens, before Soto is dealt to any team, if he is dealt. They don't want to play Abrams, and you want Crony to still be at second. You have Kim at short, Manny at third. Okay, put Myers at first. Try it. I know Luke Voigt made a couple good plays at first today, but I know the Padres, they want him to be the DH uh, to prevent him getting hurt. Um, put Myers at first. What do you have to lose? Like, you get Nomar Mazara still in right field, and he's been playing well for the Padres since he's been called up. Then you have Profar in left. You have Ruiz or Grisham in center until the trade deadline or maybe the rest of the year, depending on what Preller does. But putting Myers at first over Hosmer right now when he's called up, hopefully on Friday, there's nothing to lose there. Like, do it. Eric Hosmer is a 
liability defensively. Oh, Ben, what if Will Myers is a liability defensively? Okay. Hosmer's doing that right now. It can't get any worse than what Hosmer's doing, it can it? The team has lost 17 of their last 27 games. It can't get worse, can it? I don't think it can. Myers, I know it's been a while since he's played first base consistently, but Eric Hosmer is acting like he doesn't know how to play for play first base. You know, like it, it needs to change. He has the fifth most errors in baseball among first basemen. I thought that was low. I thought he'd be in the top like three, top two. Uh, defensive run saves, negative two, not even positive. He's hurting this team. And you're seeing Bob Melvin making the right moves. Okay, if you want his bat in the lineup, and then he takes him out late in the games, I, that, that should be happening. But I think Hosmer shouldn't even be in the lineup most days. Why, why is he in the lineup most days? Why? If he's in the lineup most days when Myers comes back, that, does, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, I don't think. Hosmer's going to produce more than Myers. Like Hosmer's, it just feels like he's a ground up to second base almost every time. Yeah, he had a good series against the Mets. He loves City Field, and he says it still smells like champagne. We're not in 2015 anymore, Hosmer. Like, get a read for the room if that makes sense. Like, no one cares about that anymore. Stop talking about it. You're not doing anything for this team right now. Okay, yeah, like I just mentioned, you had a good series against the Mets. You want to give him congratulations on that? Sure, let's get some applause for that. But how about the rest of the time where he's dropping balls on the mound, throwing to wrong bases when the D-backs runner isn't even halfway to first base yet, and Abrams starts a play in the outfield, when he's trying to pick balls, not even looking at the ball, looking away from the ball? You know what should be happening? The rest of the time, other than that Met series, really, and April, this is what should be happening. You should be booing him. Like, the average, anyone that wants to bring up Hosmer's average, you just don't know what you're talking about. Stop it. He doesn't slug. When he hit that home run against the Mets, it was like a month. It, it had been a month, about, since he hit his last one before that home run against the Mets. There's no slug there. I think I saw someone tweet out that Hedges has like six home runs this year. Hosmer has seven in like 150 more at-bats. And you know that Hedges sucks offensively. That just shows you like they need more power at first base and they need someone that's not a freaking liability at first base. How's that? Let's try that, you know? So that's my takeaway. Like, Gore, the injury sucks. You hate to see that, uh, you know, for a young top prospect like that. And you just don't know how much that's going to affect the Padres' chances of acquiring Soto or if the Nationals are interested in Gore anymore. I still think they would. Uh, Manaya sucked. That just Monday sucked. And Eric Hosmer should not be playing first base for the Padres. Shouldn't. When Myers returns, I think it's Friday or expected to be Friday, according to AC, he, I think he should put him at first base. What do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose because Hosmer, I don't think, or excuse me, I don't think Myers is going to be worse than Hosmer defensively. Can he be? I don't think he can. So that was Monday's game, lost 12-4. to They won on Tuesday, but it's not like it was like this encouraging, amazing win. 
In my reaction, I was encouraged by like Clevenger. Padres won six four on Tuesday. I was encouraged by that. Uh, but I mean, the Tigers gave them a lot of runs yesterday on Tuesday. Before we get to Tuesday, I don't want to just go over the chat here from what I just talked about. So let me go through the chat here. Uh, Jeremiah, Gore's injury won't stop a Nationals trade. Quan, I think Morahone was part of the package regardless of Gore's health. I don't really know about that. I don't think the Padres would be comfortable doing that. If they have to give up a healthy Gore and Morahone, that, that's a lot. Because you're trying to win this year, and if you trade Morahone, then you're making your bullpen worse. Like, Morahone, I think, is one of the closer options right now. Uh, let's see. Jeremiah says, Ben, did you see the Nationals preview for 2023 tickets? There was players they profiled, and it was not Juan Soto. Well, because it's smart for them. Why would you profile Juan Soto when you know you're going to trade him probably, right? You're misleading your fans. That's why I was talking about the Musgrove stuff. They're promoting the 2023 season tickets, and they have Musgrove up there. The Padres. So that tells me that they're going to get an extension done, or else you're misleading your team. You're misleading your fans that are paying you thousands of dollars to watch the games. Yeah, it's a good point by Jeremiah about the Gore stuff. Remember when Andres Munoz went to the Mariners in the Austin Nola deal? He was recovering from Tommy John. Yeah. Gore's, and I think Gore is more highly regarded than Andres Munoz. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, but I think with the, Na I mean, they're get you got to remember, they're getting back. The Potters are getting back Juan Soto. The Nationals are trading Juan Soto. So if you're going to trade Juan Soto, you're not trading Austin Nola, where maybe you could miss on that deal. It's Juan Soto. You have to hit on the players you get back. Because this guy is a top three player in this league, probably, when he's amazing, like he's when he's on. You can't miss on the return the Nationals can't for this on a Soto deal. Turbo asks, where is CJ? Bicep soreness is what the Padres say. I think his bicep does hurt, but it's it's hard to convince me that it's all 100% it's because his bicep hurts. Like, I think they don't want to risk any injury before a Soto deal is made because it would be stupid for an injury to happen. Not stupid. It would suck to have an injury happen, and now you have CJ and Gore both hurt. That would not be ideal for getting a Soto deal done. All right, Tuesday's game, Padres won 6-4. to four. Uh, The Tigers, I mean, okay, so Taylor Rodgers blew this one, obviously, in the ninth inning. We'll start with that because but we could talk about the Voight almost home run, the Alfaro almost home run, uh, and it was a ground rule double. Hosmer went to third, and if the Alfaro ground rule double wasn't a ground rule double, Hosmer would have scored, and the Padres would have won in regulation. So that sucks. Or if the Voight ball went over the fence in pretty much any other ballpark, I would, I would think Padres would have won in regulation. But that, who cares? What the, I mean, we do care because obviously you would have wanted to win the game. But the topic here is obviously Taylor Rogers blowing the save in the ninth. Uh, you know, giving up that single to Riley Green. And his slider, when it's not on, this is what makes 
Taylor Rogers, like not the lockdown closer, like his velocity, he doesn't throw a hundred, right? He relies on that slider a lot. And when that slider's not on, it's trouble. Like if that slider's not in the dirt and he's hanging sliders like he did yesterday a little bit, like he did today on the walk-off by whatever that dude's name was, some no-name Castro, I think is his name. Like he's not locked down. You can't trust him when that's happening. And so I think the Padres, they need to have to bring someone in that is that high-velocity guy. They have Morahone, but who knows if he's dealt in the Juan Soto trade. Just don't know. Uh, and Chris Matt, he's not a high-velocity, high-strikeout guy. I think they need that, uh, you know? And Garcia, he hasn't been getting as many strikeouts just from the eye test as he did at the beginning of the year. And the rest of the bullpen, I can't say I trust, you know, a lot. Um, but, yeah, Taylor Rogers, you had a 3-2 lead going into the ninth, and you blow it. And from Clevenger, like I mentioned this, Clevenger, I was really encouraged. And he, he's pitching like the Mike Clevenger that he was in Cleveland. And this guy is the number three starter in this rotation right now. Musgrove, Darvish, and Clev. That would be my lineup for a three-game series for the rotation. Line him up just like that. If, you know, the schedule works out that way, the pitcher's schedule. Um, seven innings on Tuesday, two earned runs. Five strikeouts, walked only one guy, lowered his ERA to 338. Um, he's been nasty. I mean, the breaking ball, uh, the fastball is ha has some life to it as well. Like, I love what I'm seeing out of Clev. I loved what I saw from Clev. I, I like what I've seen since he did he have COVID? I think it was COVID during that Colorado series. He came back and pitched out of the bullpen in the Colorado series. Was it a few weeks ago? And then after that, it seems like he's settled down. So I really like what I've seen out of Clevenger. That was a big takeaway, a positive takeaway from last night. But then after, I mean, the offense, like, sure, they scored six runs and they won the game. And Voight and Alfaro came up big. Alfaro came up big in the 10th inning with that two RBI uh, single. But the Tigers gave them those runs, right? 10th inning. Soto is usually a one-inning guy. He ends up pitching the 10th. And Cronenworth gets hit by a pitch. He ends up scoring. That's a free base runner that turned into a run. Manny had a grounder. It was an error. That's a free runner that scored. Right? And then Voight, the Padres didn't have to do anything to take the lead uh, in the 10th. Hit by pitch with the bases loaded. Boom. Runner scores. To give the Padres the lead. And then game was over there. Martinez uh, got the save. Uh, that wasn't the game-winning run because the Tigers did score a run in the 10th. But my point is, and it happened today too, I mean, Manny had the drop, he hit a pop-up, first baseman dropped the ball, and then he walked, and then he ended up scoring. The Detroit Tigers, I mean, they gave the Padres a lot of runs. And so uh, this series, the runs that they did score, some of them were really legit, but others, it's like, don't let this the run total fool you here. That wasn't the best win, I don't think, on Tuesday night. And then they obviously choke today, and then Monday was just a really trash game to watch, parts of the game that I did watch. And Oscar give, brings up the Detroit reliever who's throwing 100, Gregory Soto. I don't know a ton about him, and I'm sure that there are other teams that their biggest need is closer. And the Padres do probably need a closer. I think they 
should go get an, at least a one reliever that can throw gas. But I think other teams would be willing to give up more than the Padres would for Gregory Soto. The Padres are probably going all in on Soto, the other one, Juan, and Contreras. And Hap. Or and Hap. That's what it feels like. Like It feels like the Padres are like the perfect match for the Cubs with Contreras and Hap. And then there's... They're one of the perfect matches or matches for the Juan Soto deal. Um, so it feels like that's what they're going to do. That's what they're going all in for. Where other teams, they'd probably go more all in for a guy like Gregory Soto than the Padres would. Um, but yeah, this game, yeah, they cool. They won on Tuesday, but that, that's not what I'm going to focus on. Obviously, I'm going to focus on Taylor Rogers sucking it up Tuesday and Wednesday. And Mackenzie Gore's injury and the offense, just how many runs they, I mean, yeah, they scored six runs on Tuesday, but Monday they scored four. They gave up 12. They got out hit by the Tigers. That's embarrassing. Um, so the first two games they scored 10 runs and then, so they got 13 runs in this series. The Tigers had, what's 12 plus eight, 20, uh, 20. So they got outscored 20 to 13 in this series by the Detroit Tigers, who don't, they, they're known for not hitting home runs. They hit four on Monday, and they're known for not scoring a lot of runs, and they scored 20 runs. Can't happen. That cannot, I say this again and again and again and again. Like these series, you can't lose these series if you want to be thought of as this real contender. Teams like the Dodgers and the Mets. Like, I haven't looked at it. I don't know if the Dodgers have played the Tigers this year. But they probably sweep those series. They definitely win those series, right? And I know the Dodgers, what, they lost the Pittsburgh series at Dodger Stadium earlier this year. But that's probably a one-off for the Dodgers, right? And we can see that by their record. You know? They're, what, 65-32? and 32? We can see that by the record that those type series are a one-off for them. For the Padres, that's not really the case. Losing this Detroit series. Losing a 6-0 lead to the Diamondbacks this year. You know? Um, what was that one series? There was that bad series. Oh, the Colorado. Duh. All those series in Colorado. Losing 3 out of 4 the last time they went to Colorado. Just not being able to win much in Colorado. It's those series that they should be winning or games that they should be taking to have more than 55 wins that they have right now. They're only 10 games over 500. Other teams, they'd love to be in that spot. But we're, as fans, we're seeing that the Padres, look, 10 games over 500, that, that's not what this team is. A lot of those wins came earlier in the year where they were playing a lot better, and Taylor Rodgers was that lockdown closer. That's not who he is right now. So we're seeing the downward trajectory while casual fans might look at the record 55 and 45 and be like, oh, it's okay. You know, we'd love to be in that situation. Well, if you watch the team on a daily basis, would you love to be in that situation? JD's third. Thank you for the super chat. I appreciate it. it says Bowmel is overrated. His BP slash starter management is sus. Oh, bullpen and starter management. I mean, look, he has confidence in his closer. You kind of have to have confidence in your closer. But after the game, uh, I mean, Kevin Acey was writing how it's pretty likely that there's going to be a new closer on Friday. So 
he is managing the bullpen. He's changing the closer. Is That's what it feels like from what I've read. Uh, and if you listen to him in post-game press conferences, he's pissed off. More pissed off than he was earlier this year, even when they were losing some games. Because he knows that they're playing sloppy baseball. And these are teams that they should be beating. And they're not, right? You beat Max Scherzer, then you're allowed 12 rounds to the Tigers, and you lose the series to the Tigers. Like, don't you think that was embarrassing for Crony to have his family come in buses to Camerica Park? You're playing the Tigers, who have 40 wins this year. 40 and 59 after this series. And you lose that series to them. I'm sure he's probably a little embarrassed. Like that, that can't happen. And talking about, you know, to the Bowmel is overrated thing. I mean, who would, who do you want him to go to? Like, yeah, I dis, I dis, I've disagreed with some of his decisions this year, but a whole lot less than Jace Tingler. By the way, that Jace Tingler reunions on Friday. Wonder how many players are going to go talk to him. What's the over under on that? Like five? Not a whole lot. Um, yeah, Hosmer Tingler. Wonder if they're going to talk to each other. Doubt it. Um, but yeah, with Bowmel, he's not overrated. Like, how many guys do you trust in this bullpen? I think that's what it goes down to with this bullpen management. Like, how many guys do you trust? I don't trust Taylor Rodgers right now, but he's the closer. He has to go to him. Luis Garcia, he doesn't like to have clean innings a whole lot. Chris Matt, I trust him, but maybe not like as a closer. Martinez, I trust. There's one. Chris Matt, okay, there's two. Who else in the bullpen right now? Lamette, no. Wilson, no. Rogers, no. I guess I'll be nice. I'll say Garcia. So that's three out of how many guys in the bullpen? Right? Like, that's not good. And so if Bob Melvin trusts three guys in the bullpen like I do, then, or Morahone, okay, four, sorry. I definitely trust Morahone. So four out of the eight guys in the bullpen, you only trust half of the bullpen? That's not good. So he has a limited amount of guys to go to. You know? If he if he trusted a lot of these guys in the bullpen, then maybe I'd get on him for bullpen management. But you can't throw those so, those same four guys every day, right? So I think a little bit is on the bullpen construction and some guys being hurt. That's what I would say to that. Moving to today's game, four to three. Padres had the lead. Uh what was it in the seventh? I was looking at the highlights. They had the lead. Hang on, let me pull that back up. Taylor Rodgers blew it again, left that slider up, and there was that, uh, what was it, a double over Mazar's head and right. Candelario started off that ninth inning. Pod, or, yeah, Padres were up by a run. Tigers scored two runs. Candelario had the double. Uh, Scope had the nubber down the third baseline that Manning didn't pick up. Rodgers didn't pick up. Not going to get on Rodgers for that. He got the pitch that he wanted. It was a nubber down third base, and that was the smart play. Trying to pick it up and throw it, maybe make an error to first base. That's not what you want to do there because you know that that tying run will go score. He's running to third base. He's at third base during that play, or as that play's happening. 
And so he will walk home if you make a bad play. So you just had to eat it. It was Rodgers where he gave up the, where he hung that, it was a slider, right? Hung the slider. Uh, who was that to? Castro? Hung that pitch, and it went over Mazzara's head, and it was almost a home run. Victor Reyes, yeah. That's what I, I was mentioning earlier in the episode. Like, when he's hanging sliders, I can't trust him. No one can. Let me, sorry, let me put that comment down. Uh, you just can't trust him. And there's only a few guys I trust, like I just went through, like four guys that I trust in the bullpen, like in specific roles, but I don't know if I trust them as closers. Like Nick Martinez, I trust, I think I would trust him as a closer. Adrian Morahone, I think I would trust him as a closer. That's two of the four. Garcia, I would not trust as the closer. Who's the other guy? Chris Matt? Wouldn't trust him as the closer because uh, he's just not that strikeout guy. And as a closer, Sometimes you need to have strikeouts. You just do. Um, so, yeah, it's... Taylor, he should not be the closer on Friday if the Padres have a lead. Until he pitches like the 7th or the 8th inning, or you put him in a 4-run lead or something like that, and he can find that slider again, you can't have him pitch in those 1-run games. You can't. Because you can't trust him. If, you're, if I'm Bob Melvin in that dugout and say... All right, it's Taylor time. Put him in. I'm confident that he's going to go get the save. He hangs one slider in that inning, and you know, oh, here we go again. Yep, that's going to be blown. And the umpire last night, yeah, maybe he was squeezing him a little bit, but those pitchers were still balls. And right now he doesn't. I know you, you're not supposed to earn strikes, but even those dummies like Eric Karos that say, Oh, he's earned the strike. Well, Rodgers, if that's the case that umpires do that, Rodgers definitely hasn't earned strikes. When you can't throw, or when you hang the slider, you can't throw the slider where you want to. Then the fastball's missing up and away a little bit sometimes. You're not going to get calls. So let me know in the chat, if you're on the podcast audience here, um, let me know at Talking Friars on Twitter or on the YouTube page in the comments for this episode. Let me know who you would want to be the closer on Friday if the Padres have a lead. Three runs or less, who do you want it to be? I think the options are Morahone, Chris Matt, and Nick Martinez. I think Garcia, they'll probably pitch him the eighth still. Morahone would be my gut that would be my gut reaction, my gut guess. My first answer would be Morahone. Had four strikeouts against the Mets over the weekend. Okay, so Oscar says Lamette. Sorry, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. The guy has a 10 ERA in the big leagues this year. Lamette's not an option. Okay. David says Martinez. Glorian says Morahone. Okay. Yeah, Morahone and Martinez, I think, would be the two main options. Chris Matt, just not a strikeout guy. Um... I'd be more confident in him, though, closing right now than Rodgers. I'd say that. Sky says Morahone. Yeah, I would say more. I'd lean towards Morahone. I know it's a s small sample size uh, this year. Not a lot of innings. But he's pitching well right now. Four strikeouts against the Mets over the weekend. Throwing 99. Don't know if he's going to be packaged for Juan Soto or anything like that. Uh, but as for Friday, assuming Morahone's on the roster, I'm going to go with him. And Martinez, I think he fits better. I think Morhone and Martinez fit better as multi-inning guys. 
one goes one day, next day the other pitches multiple innings. But if you're going to go one inning for one guy and multiple innings for the other, I'd go Morahone as the closer, and I'd have Martinez pitch multiple innings maybe the next day or maybe the same day, however they want to do it. That would be my gut. I'd still be confident in Martinez. I like the fastball. I really like uh, his changeup. I mean, it's a nasty changeup when his changeup's on. I don't think he hits 99. Doesn't he sit around 95, though? So I'd still want to go with the higher velocity guy. And I loved what I saw. I know it's recency bias, but I loved what I saw at Amor Hone uh, against the Mets over the weekend. Thanks for the super chat. Super, super. I'm speaking. That's not how I speak. Super chat, David. Uh, thank God I can finally donate to you. Congrats, 1K. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's been a little over a year to get to a thousand. Um, but I'm not doing it for the money. I put it out there just because it's, you know, who wouldn't want some extra money to help pay a little bit for college or anything? Uh, it's not a lot, but um, I do it because I love talking Padres with you guys, and it's just in my blood. I the Padres are huge huge part of my life so um uh, this is why i do it i i don't do it for the money i'm not getting paid a lot to do this i don't get paid for the i don't get paid for the pregame shows or the bullpen charts that i put out or i don't i don't get paid for uh the in-game highlights that i clip and put out on the talking friars twitter i do it because i love the padres and love baseball so i appreciate all the support uh, where were we? I mean, yeah, so Morahone, Chris, Matt, Martinez seem like the three closer options if it's not going to be Taylor Rodgers on Monday, or excuse me, Friday against the Twins. Three games set, and then they play five games in four days against Colorado. Uh, the doubleheader on Tuesday, I'm going to Monday and Wednesday, and then Friday, Sunday this weekend. I'd go with Morahone, and then Martinez, and then Chris, Matt, if I put them in order. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people in the chat here are saying Morahone, some saying Martinez. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Those are in-house options. Obviously, Preller can make a trade uh, and acquire, you know, a reliever. Um, but in-house options, that's all we can really do because we just don't know. There's so many relievers out there. We would just be blindly guessing of relievers that Preller would target. It's not as clear as hitters, right? Uh, we're not hearing reports about Padres' interest in five relievers like we are with Contreras, Happ, and Soto. Uh, so I'm just going with in-house options. But yeah, Rodgers, I don't think, should be the closer on Friday. He's, he's not earning it right now. He's just not. And losing this series, obviously, is unacceptable. They got to play better. They can't be sloppy. If Myers is back on Friday, I think he should be at first base. Hosmer should no, be nowhere near first base at Petco Park. Um, that's just my thoughts on that. And the Gore injury sucks. And Candelario, they made him look like Babe Ruth in this series. Eight for 13, three home runs. A team that doesn't hit home runs, they hit a lot of home runs. It's unacceptable. Give up 12 runs in game one of the series. You get outscored 20 to 13 in the series by the Detroit Tigers. We're not talking about the Dodgers. The Tigers cannot happen if you want people to take you seriously. Cannot happen. All right. That's kind of a reaction to this series. Hang on, let me cheer. Let me cheer. Let me clear this spammer in the chat here. Sorry about that. Yeah, Jason, that's another name. Yep, David Robertson from the Cubs. He might be available. 
but other teams are also going to be interested a lot in him. Oscar says, are you from San Diego? Yep, born and raised San Diego County. All right, let's talk about this Minnesota series here. By the way, I do want to, I'm not going to talk about it a lot because I've already, we've talked about Tatis a lot already. Not in this episode, but on the show. Um, Tatis started swinging a bat yesterday, or not swinging a bat. It was the first time that he took live batting practice on the field, or live batting practice? What do you call it? Pitchers weren't pitching to him. It was just regular. It was the first time he took regular batting practice on the field. Yesterday at Comerica Park, hit like six home runs to left field. Uh, cool. I don't, I'm not going to talk about that too much because we know the timeline. He's supposed to have live BP, so face like Drew Pomerantz, guys like that, guys that are rehabbing this weekend during the tw or before the Twins games. And then at the beginning of the next week, according to AC, who probably go on a rehab assignment in San Antonio, not Lake Elsinore, but probably San Antonio, and then hopefully be available uh, for the beginning of the Dodgers series on August 5th. So that will be August 5th through the 7th. That's the timeline. That's the expected timeline if things go right, according to Kevin AC. So that's the update. Not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. We know the impact that Tatis will have on this lineup. We know that the Potters need slug. We know that he's just an energy boost when he's playing. And fans get excited and all that. We know the impact that he'll have. So that just, that's just an update. That's a Fernando update uh, from what happened during this Detroit series. Um, all right. Let me check Twitter real quick. Don't see updates on anything. Uh, this twin series. So the twins, they just lost two. Actually, on the plane, I was sitting next to a twins fan coming home from Minnesota. He's going to the twins Padres games, and we were talking about it. And he said that the twins lost both games in Milwaukee. It was just a quick two-game series on Tuesday and today. Uh, that the twins lost both games yesterday. They lost 7-6. They came back and then lost uh, in the ninth on a walk-off. And then today, it was the YouTube game. The Twins lost 10-4, to so they got whooped as well. They are 52-46 and entering this Padres series. They have an off day as well tomorrow, just like the Padres do. And the Padres are 55-45, and so almost identical records. The players, obviously, to watch out for on the Twins, Buxton and Rise are the two main guys. Um, Miguel Sano just came back for them, but I know he sucked at the beginning of the year. He was on a rehab assignment. Uh, do they have the starters available yet? Friday, Joe Ryan, so that's going to be a tough one. He's probably one of their best starting pitchers, Joe Ryan, for the Twins, and then Snell on Friday. That's at 640. Padres will be in their City Connect unis. They're 2-0 in them, so hopefully they'll be 3-0. And then Saturday, it'll be Sonny Gray for the Twins against Joe Musgrove. Hopefully an extension's done by then. Uh, tomorrow would be a great day to get an extension done. Off day. He's already read through the proposals, probably. The latest one the Padres sent. It'd be a great day to knock out an extension. Uh, just get it done so Preller and the, they can all focus on the trade deadline for the next, what would it be, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, what, five days? Just put all your focus on that. Get the Musgrove extension done. 
That would be great. But that's Saturday, 415, Sonny Gray against Joe Musgrove. That game's on Fox, so it's not on Bally Sports. That's on Fox. Then Sunday's game, that's at 110. No starters been named for the Twins, but Shamanaya will go for the Padres, looking to bounce back after a bad start in game one of that Tigers series. So after losing to the Tigers in this series that they just played, they it feels like they really, really should beat the Twins in this series, but the Twins are kind of like an identical team to them, or to the Padres. Um, so it'll be a tough series, and I think that, Padres will win this series. I, I think they'll win the Musgrove game on Saturday. And I feel like Manaya's going to bounce back on Sunday. And Snell, you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. He pitched pretty good against the Mets his last time out. Got out like in and out of every jam humanly possible. Um, so I can't say I'm like confident the Padres will win on Friday. But I'm not... I can't say, like, oh, man, I'm not confident they won't win. So I think they'll win Saturday. I think they'll win Sunday. Friday, maybe. Maybe not. But two out of three, I think they definitely need to take after losing two out of three to the Tigers. But that's the Padres baseball. I mean, they lose to the sucky, or they, they can't beat the sucky teams, but then they can go contend with the Mets, right? They're the best team in the National League East. So it's weird. It is weird. Uh, anything else to talk about? Any questions from the chat? Carlos Correa, Oscar, yeah, he's another name. He hasn't, he wasn't an all-star this year or anything. Let me look up some other names to see who they, I mean, Buxton and Ariser, they're two big guys. Remember Pagan's on this team. Whoa, that was a big voice crack. Emilio Pagan is on this team. He hasn't been pitching that great. Uh, Jorge Polanco has their third best war. Correa's war this year is 2-3. Kepler is in there. Uh, they have Gary Sanchez as their catcher. And uh, Gio Rosella as their, I think, third baseman. So those are some guys. They're a pretty good team. Pretty good team. And Joe Ryan's on Friday. Gray on Saturday. Maybe it's Chris Archer on Sunday. But yeah, Baseball Reference has Emilio Pagan as their closer. He has a five ERA this year. So maybe the Padres can get to their bullpen and they can win that way. It'll be an interesting series. Hopefully the Twins don't win or I'm going to be hearing it from relatives. Uh, Tim asks, what do you think of the ESPN article with the possible Cubs trade? It has Padres getting both Cubs, uh, Hap and Contreras, the all-star center fielder and outfielder. Or, Center fielder and catcher, sorry. Um, I, I think it's likely if they're going to get Hap. Well, I can't say any trade's likely because we just don't know what Preller's thinking. But I haven't really seen any other team linked to Hap and Contreras in a trade than, other than the Padres. I think they're the most likeliest team to get Hap and Contreras. I think they're one of the more likely teams to get either of them, Contreras or uh, Hap. With Contreras, he's a free agent after the end of the year. You wouldn't think that they'd bring him back. It's just a question of, are they willing to give up Alfaro and Camposano? Maybe that, because I feel like that's what they, the, the Cubs would want. Camposano definitely would have to go. It's just a matter of if the Cubs, maybe the Cubs take on Hosmer's contract and then the Padres say, oh, sure, here's Jorge Alfaro. We, we just don't want Hosmer's contract. And you can finish out, you can, or not finish, 
he can figure out the catching situation next year. I know Alfaro's a fan favorite. He seems like he's comfortable here now, and he works his butt off. But Wilson Contreras is still an upgrade for this year, and they are trying to win this year. And, yeah, you want Alfaro for next year. But, again, if they get Soto, then you trade Alfaro, I think, in the Contreras deal because you're going all in. You don't want to waste a pennant race of Soto, right, and a pennant race of Tatis and Manny, right, and Musgrove, and this rotation that you're not going to have next year, at least all of them. I don't think it's possible for all of them to come back. You you can't waste a year. So if you're going to get Soto, go all in and get Contreras. Give whatever. Give up Alfaro if you need to. Um, I know fans want to give up Nola over Alfaro, but that's not that's fans wanting the best trade for us, obviously. And obviously you should want that. But you're not looking at it from the Cubs' point of view. Why would the Cubs want Austin Nola over Alfaro? Alfaro's the better player. So, of course, they're going to ask for Alfaro over Nola, you know? He has another year of control. He can start if they don't want Camposano catching all the time. Like, of course they'd want Alfaro over Nola. you got to look at it from their perspective, too. So, it'll be interesting. Trade deadline's less than a week away because, yeah, today's Wednesday. So, next Tuesday at, I think, 3 p.m. Pacific time. So, we'll see. Upgrades need to be made. Will they get a closer? Or will it be internal? I think more Hone should be the closer probably on Friday. Not Definitely not Rodgers. And hopefully Myers is back on Friday, maybe playing first base. We'll see. Uh, I think that's going to do it. Episode 204 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show brought to you by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. I am your host, Ben Fadden. Enjoy the night. If you're listening to this on the off day on Thursday, enjoy the off day. I'll be back for the pregame show, probably inside Petco on Friday. And that'll do it. So enjoy the night, everyone. Maybe get your head off of the Padres or away from the Padres or keep going to baseball trade values and seeing how the Padres might upgrade this team. We'll definitely be talking about it. So that'll do it. All right, see everybody. Go Padres.